my phone, by the way. Oh, we're already live. Oh, uh, fuck. Oh, wait, yeah. I got my phone. What is up, everybody? Oh, Welcome yeah. to a brand new episode of the Run Your Mouth podcast. I am here with the internet's most dangerous man, Mr. Truth himself, which is why we're not even going to YouTube anymore. What's up, Steven? Welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks so much. You're looking good, bud. Um, it's good to be back. Crazy it's the lighting, times. man. I, that's why I don't think Yo. I'll ever change the studio setup. I think I just randomly got the two lights that make my face look boxy and, you know, great. So that's it. We're done. You're killing it, dude. No, I want to change up the uh, the background, hopefully, for next year. I feel like uh, every year I want to get a new background going. All right, let me uh, let me just plug two gigs really quick. First is I'm doing a gig in Connecticut on uh, 1022. I got Skankfest coming up. Uh, and then also uh, at the end of this month, I'm with uh, Davey Smith in uh, – uh, I don't know. I should write down these dates. And then I got a cool <laughs> Scott Horton one coming, but I haven't put that Whoa. up yet either. Uh, Steven, what's going on in your life? How's life in California? Eating, Taking the Metformans, eating the Taco Bell? Yeah, so I've actually been staying away from the Taco Bell recently, more just on the Metformin. Um, I've been buying eggs, so I've been participating in that massive inflation. So I'm furious like the rest of us. Right. You know, a lot of egg sandwiches. Uh, okay. But yeah, man, life is good. Dude, California, the weather really doesn't change too much. So you can get caught up in things like Monday's Tuesday, Tuesday, Saturday, Saturday's Wednesday. And yeah. You're just describing smoking weed. <laughs> Guilty as charged. There you go. All right. uh, before uh, before we're, we're going to do a quick snapshot of some of the things that are going on in the financial landscape, because uh, I appreciate it. You send me long, angry texts when I'm getting things wrong. You get particularly upset at uh, uh, at me and Dave for uh, not preaching enough of that crypto and specifically Bitcoin can actually solve a lot of the uh, the world's problems. Well, we got a news on that. Kim Kardashian just got a million dollar fine for shilling a shit coin. Yeah, well, she can afford it. Right. She, she can afford it. And also, like, the SEC, I, I don't know, where does that money go? So it just goes back to the SEC, and, like, they didn't actually even have to go to court. So it's like they just, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're, right. if her brand isn't selling stuff on Instagram, so she doesn't want to have a lawsuit with the SEC. So it's basically just like a fine you know what i mean like that what's a million bucks to her it's even more interesting is the nuances yeah. here so bitcoin is okay. a commodity so she could promote bitcoin all she wanted right um, and it would have been totally legal because it's a commodity by every united states organization but she was promoting something like eth max which is just like a derivative shit coin of eth that like someone was trying to get rich with and right. so that literally is an unregistered security and and like we've kind of been saying for like years like the vast majority of cryptos are unregistered securities and that's what gets everyone's dick hard so, is because you can trade them right now i wonder if uh the 1.3 she had to pay to the sec is even more than what she got paid for that it was it, it was five times more but like why what'd she get it. paid what did she get paid i thought she got like a million. k i thought she got like a million bucks a post um, that may be generally, but for this scam, I, I read through briefly and someone mentioned she got fined 250 K, but the, or she got paid 250 K to promote. She must've had some back end points on that. Cause it feels like 250 K to just plug some shit coin, not worth it. Right. Uh, all right. So before I might, uh, I might have to eat some crow sometimes. Oh shit. Did I just freeze a little bit, but I can still hear you. You can still hear me. I'm just frozen on the, uh, on the video. You're thinking, yeah. Yeah, it looks like I got big <laughs> thoughts coming. Maybe if I, maybe if I just talk like I'm whistling, it'll seem like I'm still here. Like yeah, you, you could do an ad for a gym or something. Yeah, yeah, just just straight talk through my <laughs> lips. 
like, and then it, it seems like I'm still here with you. So, Stephen, when you put up that poster, and all right, let me let me just reset my camera real quick. Okay. Give me a second. Oh man. CIA man, they don't want me getting this information out there. There are no coincidences, not anymore. All right, well, we'll see when we come back. But uh, while I take care of this, uh, so we were talking on part of the problem the other day about it's it, like lo- really looking like the COVID story is turning specifically in uh, people starting to recognize that the vax might have been. You and I, our conversation was more, hey, this is an unnecessary risk because there's no utility. And we didn't put that much stock into the conversation that there was overwhelming evidence of harm. We understood that there could be and that it probably just wasn't worth taking. In our analysis thus far, we've said it's unlikely that you're going to see a smoking gun, even with the actuary tables of increase in uh, excess deaths. And so when it came up on the show, I was kind of referencing that. But sometimes I get sucked in. This is an interesting phenomenon. I call it the Jaws phenomenon, that when Jaws came out, people became more afraid of going to the beach. Was there any more of an increase of your risk of a shark attack? No, you were just kind of more in tune with it. And we all make the mistake of, like, when things get repeated towards us, we think that there's more of it. But it's really, like, the news lies to us. So if the news starts telling you about some sort of an overwhelming risk, that doesn't mean it's a risk. It just means the news is telling you about it a whole bunch. You have to actually look at the numbers. So just to pinpoint to a specific question, because sometimes I think about this when I start um, looking at the food situation for next year. It's just, it's a new headline. I don't actually know. I don't know food lines. I have no idea. I I, I have no way of tracking or breaking that down. So it seems like the wheels turning a little bit where at least on social media, there seems to be less censorship. So you're seeing more personal stories of people getting the word out there that they had a vaccine injury, but I'm handing it back to you to, to ask, is there like, are we seeing more reporting and more evidence of actual vaccine injuries that you might change your opinion that there will be more of a smoking gun or like a real redaction or is it not flowing in that direction? Bro, I, I kind of yelled when you said there wasn't going to be a smoking gun. Oh, there because, you go. There, Because I, I got two of them right here in my notebook, man. There you go. I got that wrong. The second I said it, and then Dave, I was like, you know what? Might have misspoke there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. Dude. That's why you got to love long-form podcasts, dude. It, it's really the best. But to, to get right to it, one smoking gun was Deborah Brinks saying she literally knew the vaccines right. didn't stop infection, but she lied to get right. everyone to take them. That's a smoking gun. Right. I mean, let's let's rephrase that, right? Because she's still being political and covering but, her but ass. But that's not a smoking gun of uh, injuries. Uh, it's efficacy. And right. you, you, granted, okay, granted. And then the second smoking gun, I would say, is the CDC changing the definition of a vaccine. Like we covered in at your uh, comedy fest when we did the the live uh, live show, they right. literally changed the vaccine to say, okay, it doesn't need to be a specific antigen. It could be a, a mixture of whatever we want, and it just needs to help. It doesn't need to prevent you from getting infected. So I, w- I would argue those two are smoking guns, but you know it, it it's hard because obviously this is all anecdotal, and in science, you know none of you can't say, oh, we did a Twitter poll, right? Right. So I, I think the only thing that we can and, and they're obfuscating stuff. And, and this is very government does this all the time. They just make everything so cloudy. We'll never be able to tear it apart. So I would just I hang my hat on the original Pfizer trial when COVID was the most deadliest. They gave 20,000 people a fake vaccine and only two of them died of COVID. And then the other 20,000 people they gave the, the, the real vaccine for in the clinical trial. 
And yeah, only one of them died or zero of them died of COVID, but four of them died of a heart problem. Right. Right. So, so uh, you know, that's a scientific study. And those numbers are so small. They're not significant. They're not statistically significant. But if, if I was going to say a smoking gun in the original Pfizer trial, the, there was a higher incidence of the vaccinated people well, dying that, yeah, that, from myocarditis than the unvaccinated COVID. That, that we've covered a couple of times. Right. Um, you know, it'd be interesting. And I'm sure I'd like to talk to a high profile Wall Street guy specifically about this. I would love to get, like, if someone built momentum algorithms for Twitter just on these stories. And so what I mean by that is, like, how much of an increased rate in tweets about vaccine injuries exists now than over the last couple months? And then if you can actually validate that those are coming from real people and not from bots, I wonder if there's some sort of, like, um, actually, like, statistically significant measure um, just in terms of, like, because we know VARES doesn't work, but like right. that might be kind of a metric for reporting. Um, it, I, I like it. it's more of a social study. And, and right. so that's what's really hard, because the only thing that we can say for sure is what's what is this mRNA vaccine? How is what, it showing to be on cells? And then right. how is it showing to be in people? But what changed, for example, in the uh, in the um, the story in regards to menstruation? Because like. That was one of like the goofier ones that you were seeing online. And now that's been, I mean, mm-hmm. let's say they've admitted to half the story <laughs> and the half the story that they've admitted to is going, yes, we have noticed this uptick, but it's temporary. <laughs> and so, well, what evidence do you have for temporary? Like we're not in the future. So we don't know that that's going away. And if you're going to continue to boost people, why would it be temporary if you're trying to get everyone boosted every six months to a year? So it sounds like that would be permanent. But for some reason, they were forced to acknowledge that. And that would like at the outset of this, that would have been a serious sound effect. You know what I mean? If at the outset of this, they said, hey, we've got this thing that's going to help you with COVID, but you're going to have longer periods. A lot of women would be like, well, that. And and also I was saying, like, we don't know what goes on inside of our bodies. That's so so important. Right. So the fact that like this is. Yeah. kind of an internal thing that you see every month and you're seeing that be off would indicate to me that that's not the only thing that would be off. Right. A hundred percent. Right. I, I can't, you know, it's like you said something in another RYM that I, I, I laughed really hard and like, I wanted to, I wanted to call you and tell you, you're like, am I just so fucking stupid that I don't get the, the cleverness or like kind of the game being played or like maybe this will all work out. It just kind of sucks now, but I'm so fucking stupid. Or am I so fucking stupid that I don't listen to this nonsense bullshit and I see it as it is? And it's definitely the second one, man. It's definitely the second one. Because, listen, I I see, especially now, man, people go to colleges to get more conformist and dumber, right? People, right. people, People go into manager positions to suck the dick of their manager, right? And it's... It's gotten to a point where, like, I think it's kind of being led by, like, you know, the liberals of the Democratic Party in power now, not to get too political, but it's just gaslighting, man. Orwell is fucking whoever Orwell, dude, like, are you kidding me? It's all 1984. It's all 1984. They're changing the definitions. And if you and if you say, like, oh, no, no, two plus two actually is four, you're a racist. (laughs) All right. So before we get into the financial talk, there was one other big headline. And this one's huge. I don't know if you saw it, but. Peter DeSac, who is the head of EcoHealth. And so to explain to everyone just ex- like who, how nefarious this guy is, this guy's wild. So he's the guy who takes the money from Fauci and hands it over to do the uh, Wuhan, you know, bat virus research, right? He's the guy, EcoHealth is getting the money and they're doing the gain of function research. 
he then gets to go over there to do the WHO investigation about whether or not there was a lab leak, and he was the head or at least a member of the advisory committee at Facebook to take down COVID misinformation. So if there's one character that we have to go, oh, this is like the evil science guy who may or may not be responsible for COVID and is like the pinnacle character for the exact problem with government going like, oh, we're policing misinformation while pretending like it's not representing some sort of corporate interest or at least its own interest of covering up its own ass and spending money on its own activities, right? At a minimum. Like, I mean, you can go you can go more conspiratorial that this right, guy's right. like the CIA guy who bought the vi- – like, you can – whatever fucking scheme you want to come up with. But let's go with just the dumbass scheme that they made a mistake – they thought that it would be valid scientific research to be doing gain of function. Right. They fucked yes. up and they got caught and now they're trying to cover their own ass. It, but uh, I would Steven, argue it is. Sorry. You mean that they're dumb or that they're that there's something like that they're actually you oh, know, oh, trying to oh, end no, the, the world of, here. The gain of function the gain of function has some nuances and I'll write that down so we can talk about it later. But yeah. All right, but here's the newest story. Uh, and this, I'm going off a zero hedge. I think the actual figure is 600,000, but people are estimating that's actually 2 million. He just got a new grant for $2 million. And people are saying that this new $2 million grant is most likely to fund him trying to actually find uh, coronavirus and bats. So in other words, he's going to go, he's, he has $2 million to go put coronavirus into actual bats so that he could go, look, this didn't come out of a lab. Is this from the NIH too? It's, for, it's our money. Yeah, no, it's yeah, our yeah. taxpayer money. NIH money is going to the guy who funded, <sighs> who funded the gain of function research that came, that, that in probably yeah. caused this whole right. thing. Yes. And then he got busted in being a part of the cover-up and somehow this guy's still getting government money, they really are making just a mockery. Like, they're just saying, fuck you, we don't even care to lie. Like, they don't even find a new person to go to to go pretend like this came out of nature, or they can't even create like like at least like when uh when uh what's his name it Cheney was over in the Middle East, like they would change the company name because people started to find out, hey, uh, I I don't even remember the names because they kept changing the name of that company because it made the newspapers and they just changed the names and that was enough. And this case, they're not even changing the name. They're not even having his wife get the money so that they could pretend like it was going somewhere else. It's like they just it, it's incredible that one they seem to get away with it and two like they don't even really care to cover their asses right i it's it's just so political because if you think about it like so you're peter dazak right and 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 so are you not going to apply for another grant ever right because all that's public information right as right. soon as he applies whether it gets denied or approved we know so like it's it's you know, so he probably has blackmail on the people that are approving it, right? I mean, you know, he must black, blackmail is, is, you know, you know, it's not like oh, I'm gonna like kidnap you. You know, it's just he knows stuff, right? That's what that's what the people you get up high enough in these organizations and governments, then you kind of blackmail people like Epstein and all these others, right? Right. All right. Yeah. So I, I forgot to plug on the second half of this. We're gonna have the uh, episode uh, three of the Hate Watch prior- Party with Brian McWilliams. Whoever's listening to this, uh, we watched episode three. And uh, in the near future, we're going to have a, a better and more permanent home for uh, for all the video content because uh, I don't want to keep complaining about it, but YouTube's just become a lot less viable. Um, all right, and then quick plugs. Of course, Yo Kratom, Sheath Underwear. Use promo code RYM. You get 20% off. Not on the Yo Kratoms because it's already the uh, cheapest price on the Internet. 
Can't find nothing better nowhere. All right. Steven, let's get into some financial stuff. You're always texting me these long texts. And then I like I read them. I'm like, I half understood it. I'm like, all right, I got to hit up Steven. So break it down. Gold going up, Bitcoin going up, currencies crashing. Is uh, Are they going to bring back monetary printing? We somehow got inflation here, but the dollar's stronger over there. Right. Other people are inv- engaging in quantitative easing again. Credit Suisse is going under. People are getting bailed out. It's getting wacky. What do you got? Man, it is getting crazy. And so uh, first to go off something you said, it's really interesting. So there's the DXY, and this is kind of the stock chart of the dollar index. And so the when the dollar is stronger, people are talking about the DXY. The DXY is the dollar relative to the euro, the pound, and the yen. So it's basically, okay. the, so when, the, when people say the dollar is strong, they're saying it's stronger than other currencies. Right. And, and so what, what basically controls the strength of your currency is how is basically the interest rate or how much people will want your currency to then invest it just in bonds or in or to, just to get interest on. It. Right. So when interest rates are low, money's trash because it's, it, you know, you can just take on debt and keep going. So what's happening now is after this inflation, we seem to be in this economic warfare where now all the currencies across the world are being devalued against the dollar because the Fed and we're the powerhouse and the reserve currency, we're raising interest rates. And what's really important here, I think, to point out is that we're in this predicament because of Jerome Powell and Janet Yellen, because they thought inflation's transitory, because they're, you know, fucking yeah, ivory. Really? That's an interesting thing. Um, that's. Re- yeah, I, I you know, because you're saying no one can be that ignorant. Right. So, uh, you know, right. Um, I agree with that. But just to the just to finish this real quick point, okay. then I would like to talk about that. <laughs> no, no. I think that's a really good point. Um, but this is what they're telling us. Right. Right. So ideally, they really caused this by keeping interest rates so low. They were literally buying mortgage ba- mortgage backed securities in March of this year. What does that mean? That means my parents just got a house in Florida and they luckily locked in like a 2.5% interest rate. The reason interest rates were so low is because our Federal Reserve is literally loaning my parents money at a loss. They were buying mortgage backed securities and everyone's who's ever buying a house at a at these artificially low interest rates. That's because the government lent you money at a loss. So now the Federal Reserve had to change this. So now they're. Yeah. Can you explain to me the mechanics on that? Because uh, yeah. I'm half considering uh, that I'd like to do another end of year recap. I'm half considering. I'll tell you my concerns. I'll state them. I don't think I have it in me to do it at the level I did the last two years. I, I like the format and I'm thinking about doing one that's looser, but then my ego goes, I don't want to be judged on the more recent one that people like, because the last two I, I was very happy with, but I just haven't really dug in. One of the things I'd really like to, one of the topics I'd really like to dig into is um, I, I feel like government money is like a deal with the devil where you get the money and you're like, this is great. Like I got, I got the thing I want. I get, I get the money. But then it just it doesn't work. And you're like, but I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. And because it came from the devil, you know what I mean? It's like the, the, the promise is you're going to get this thing that you want. But then all of a sudden it doesn't work and you don't enjoy it. Like, I, I, I can't. I don't know. I'm, I'm not thinking of a perfect example, but I think everyone understands. Uh, everyone understands the concept. And so I think one of the stories there when it comes to government money is that you get it. But then it creates both inflation and asset bubbles, because if they give you money to go purchase something, you're not the only one getting that money. And then all of a sudden, like your pound of flesh that you were going to have to give to get a house, the government gives it to you. You go, all right, I can afford. Oh, shit. The house price went up. 
And then eventually yeah. they fuck you over because they stop making money available and then your house price crashes on you. That's now, because of, yeah. or it's I, not money, it's fiat money. So my question to you is because I don't quite understand the mechanics of um, what you just described of basically that the government's lending you money at a loss because the money's not coming directly from the government. It's got to get filtered through a bank. And I understand that the bank wants to basically capture spread on the interest rate. So it's a function of, I guess, what they can borrow money. At. So I hand it back to you if you could just explain the mechanics. Yeah, so, so, I get it. so yeah, so, uh, so the, uh, obviously like everyone, when they buy a house, they go through a bank, but that bank sets the mortgage rate based on the interest rates that the government and the fed set. Of course, right. the government and the fed are supposed to be separate, but when, when the federal reserve kept interest rates and didn't raise them slowly last year or a couple years, like they should have, they should have been 0.25 basis points every, four times a year, starting last year. And it would have been a nice, slow, steady rise. And if I was Jerome Powell, I would say, hey, we're going to raise rates by 0.25 basis points every meeting. So every quarter we're going to raise and, and I'm not going to tell you when we're going to stop. And the market would like that. People would like that because it's a slow and steady increase. But it also says we're going to fight inflation because we're going to keep raising instead of saying, oh, we didn't raise for two years. Now we're going to do 75 points. Now we're going to do 75 points. Right. Right. And so. Just to answer your question directly, the, the bank spread is basically determined by the, the lower interest rate of what the Federal Reserve sets. So as the Federal Reserve increases interest rates, then the banks who are you know joined at the hip with the Federal Reserve raise interest rates, too, because that's all the same money supply that they're loaning out. And so basically the Fed says money's going to be worth 5% int or more interest now. So you're going to want to hold on to it more. So then the bank says, OK, well, then we've got to raise rates. Right. Uh, okay. So where, where are we going with this? We're trying to, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think this is good because like, uh, it's just, it's so complicated and just to kind of, uh, to not, to not have a, a, a schedule is kind of nice to cover it. But, um, I think you did a really good job talking about guilts and guilts are just the government bonds for England. So we have a 10 year treasury. England has guilts. It's, it's the same thing. And so, uh, in order to fight inflation, we're raising rates so high, it's making the dollar spike. Right. And as, and as the dollar spikes, it devalues these other currencies. And the thing about the dollar is that basically all oil in the world is priced in dollars. So if you're in Japan, your, your money isn't only losing value to the dollar. When you go to buy oil, that's also priced in dollars. So you're getting a double whammy. So now you're not only losing 10% on the foreign exchange, but now the oil is also going up because guess what? The dollar isn't that strong. If you look right. at the price of houses, eggs, anything in the real world the dollar is weak we are inflating it away and we're exporting it to the world but it's fascinating that all these fucking suits hold on to the dxy we are the cleanest shirt in the in the laundry no, so essentially what you're describing is all currencies against real goods are losing value right so if you're buying any currency in the world to go purchase the things you need such as energy housing it doesn't matter it's going to cost you more than it did a couple of years ago however if you have your money in dollars right so it's not going to be hit as hard right but but like we all know here in the united states the dollar is not getting stronger dude it's like it's like this we're all on a like imagine a like a like a really 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 long treadmill like a really mm -hmm. long treadmill a mile long treadmill right so you can stay on the thing nobody's quick enough to meet to the end. Everybody's moving backwards, but like the U S is at the head of the race, but everyone's still moving backwards. And I don't want to draw too much comparisons, but 
1935, FDR had his new deal, very similar to the Inflation Reduction Act. The Supreme Court consistently shot down FDR's attempts to radically transform the economy during the Great Depression. He actually was putting in minimum wage laws, a lot of more socialist things that right. you know we can argue about, but he was doing it. The Supreme Court kept saying, no, we're not going to do it. So we were in the midst of the Great Depression. And it was right then that FDR then put out the executive order 6102 to actually seize gold. So before or during the beginning of the Great Depression, we actually had a gold backed uh, currency. So instead of now fiat, we actually had each dollar was worth about uh, it's like uh, it's like 0.2 ounces of gold or something. But you could actually go to any bank and exchange your money for hard gold. And so during the Great Depression, people were looking at their paper and said, I don't want paper. I need gold in my house. So everyone was going to the bank and the Federal Reserve's gold stash they had was getting drained in the 30s because everyone from like other countries with dollars were even saying, you know, fuck you, U.S. government. You're going down. Let me have the gold. Right. And so that's why federal uh, FDR seized or seized the gold and then artificially inflated the price of gold to then manipulate the currency and to kind of spur economic development. And um, and this was really interesting because a lot of people talk about, oh, they're going to seize gold and Bitcoin again. And the point I would like to make is that the reason they seized gold in the 30s was because we had a gold backed currency. It was to right. manipulate our dollars. If they seized gold now, it wouldn't it would just piss off people and a lot of people would go to war. Uh, they are with Russia, but we'll talk about that later. And if they tried to seize Bitcoin, that's pretty much akin to them coming in and trying to seize the couch that you bought. That's just your fucking personal property. And they can't they can't um, manipulate the United States dollar by doing that. But, you know, if, if maybe the government said we're going to we're going to take all the oil in the world, then they could do it. But, yeah. All right. So um, coming back to uh, current day here. Yeah. So we don't have a gold backed currency. And so yeah. what, and so the, the, the reason we're seeing this is because uh, we have fiat currency. What does fiat currency mean? It's not backed by anything. It's it's essentially a promise that your twenty dollar bill can be exchanged for another twenty dollar bill. That's 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 what it means when all debts are paid. That's like it says it on the dollar. Right. right. Um, so the and so just kind of get back from this kind of economic turmoil we're in and like how we're going to get by it. And the, the Bank of England tapping out, like you accurately said, a lot of these um, pension funds, they're very much in the market and they have these bonds. And so when everyone rushes to raise interest rates in this economic warfare to beat the United States, keep their currency high, but then also not destroy their economies while everyone's economy is already in a recession and we have World War Three going on. Um, <laughs> it's just it, it, it's it's a really bad time to be raising these interest rates, which then make the price of the bonds that a lot of these pension funds have as their safe bets go down in principle because of these moves. And then it causes a margin call because although it's unrealized gains, so the bonds are just in their portfolio. Right. It, it, this time, uh, the bonds are priced every day on the principal and the principal is inverse of the yield. So as the yield goes up, if you want to liquidate that bond, the principle that you can liquidate it goes down. Right. So so essentially, they're looking at their portfolio saying, OK, if we held on for 10 years, we'll be fine. But we need to pay people that are retiring next year. So we need to sell some of these bonds. Well, these fucking bonds are down 30, 40 percent on the year. It's the right. worst start since the 30s. 
Yeah. So you know what? Th- yeah. There's there's an interesting, and I'm just kind of going bigger picture here because it's yeah. not something I fully understand. But like, I, I seem to have a knack for like themes. <laughs> um. So I, I was reading a little bit about the Credit Suisse failure, um, yeah. and that they might be going under, and a lot of that is actually r- um, related to that Arc Archiego's hedge fund. Which, uh, if you don't remember, that was the big yeah. hedge fund that got wiped out um, when Wall Street bets pushed the thing with uh, um, with uh, GameStop, right? Why yeah. did you make money on that, or you just like that? Uh, how? It- Fuck yeah, GME, Roaring Kitty, let's get her out of a drink. Uh, watch the <laughs> Netflix, watch the new Netflix documentary on GameStop. Worked okay. out, fucking. It will get you so fucking pumped. All right. So but just to kind of describe it. So you got this guy, long time, long time hedge fund person. Um, he's got all all the access and he's shorting GameStop. And essentially the market's like, this doesn't make any sense. They're, he's shorting more than what exists. And so the market teams up against him and he goes belly up. Now, what's interesting about this guy going belly up is that he had major credit lines from like all of the biggest players uh, and the guy was in the game for the longest time and everyone loved him. And then all of a sudden when he gets caught and gets fucked up, now he's in trouble for like insider trading and whatever else, because he fucked over the, he took money from the, it's like taking money from the mob. He took money from those guys. And as long as you're making the money, everyone's right. cool and happy. But when you fuck up, you fuck up. Now here's, what's interesting. So like even on the hedge fund level, that guy's playing with other people's money and leverage. Right. But then you start looking at like this pension fund, they're playing with leverage yeah. and you start realizing that like there's for, forget like the inflation in the markets of that. There's too much money in the system. We're, we're trying to go spend money. There's like a whole nother world of derivative products. Like if you just start looking at like fractional reserve banking. Right. So at the outset, I put a deposit in a bank and then they 10x that money. But forget about that. When, when when that starts getting deposited in other places, and then the banks start fucking like leveraging on that, leveraging on that, leveraging on that, there like it would appear to me that there's a musical chairs game of pretending like there's enough money in the system to support the amount of money that fictionally exists as a result of these derivative products, right? And so it's like any movement in any direction the Fed needs to kind of come in and create that chair. It's musical chairs. It's got to, it's got to put something there to just, but like, it's not, if something like this small is affecting just pension funds to the point where a federal reserve has to step in like that, that's kind of my, my, like my idea right now. It's like, you got musical chairs, but it's like, we don't actually control the volume at which the chairs get pulled away. And it's like also like it's almost like the chairs are like attached to each other. So as you pull away chairs, more chairs actually start disappearing because what ends up happening is because liquidity is coming out of the system. It's like more and more people have to then reduce their leverage bets to cover the other positions. And that's where you can really have like a fucking, you know, house of cards where it's like the whole mirage starts coming down because like. In other words, just a better like just to kind of explain a little bit more. And I'm, I'm letting everyone know. I'm trying to figure this shit out and I don't spend enough time actually reading because I waste way too much time just reading the newspaper every day. So like I kind of get the theme on the bigger topics. I haven't really delved into the weeds. No, you're doing a great job, dude. Assets and liabilities. That's exactly what it is. But it's like because every single person has a almost like a faulty evaluation of their leverage position because something else is still considered intact. 
but it's like once one thing is considered not intact and that guy's got to sell something in order to cover that loss, well, then that goes down in value. And then someone's got to sell something else because that they got to cover this thing. And then all of a sudden, all this money starts washing out of the system and you realize all of the previous evaluations were overinflated and it just like fucking snowballs. And ideally, this this is avoided by the idea of a hedge fund, right? They're supposed to hedge their bets. Right. But you can't hedge your bets Bets when we've gotten to a point where the market is so manipulated by this fake fiat money and printing and backroom deals and derivative instruments that it it's it's just not linear. Like you said, like when some people pull, it just it pulls out. And if you talk to any Bitcoin maxi, like the whole ether or the the if you want to talk specifically price in Bitcoin, the whole price appreciation of Bitcoin is based on people using it and understanding it. And that use and understanding is going to come from those the more people realizing these musical chairs can't keep being pulled and put back into place. There's also something I hate about like the half socialist nature of this, where it's like, I know that like even in the current system in some capacity of like half fake capitalism we're probably better off than full right. socialism. I uh, yeah. Um but like there's something intrinsically more unfair that you get like the, like to me it's like once you get the bailout like even in this situation whatever pension fund gets a bailout then like that should just become a socialized property. You, like it, it, to some extent, it's like the CEOs that are there should not be able to make the money that they're making. The investors should not be able to make the money that they're making. It's like if we've got to step in and and save save you from some horrible doom, like you're getting on our boat now. Like we own you. Like what that's about it. what about Ukraine? They should all be working for us. You mean because we're bailing them out? You mean the actual people? Of yeah, Ukraine? they would all be speaking Russian now if we didn't send them fifty billion fucking dollars. Um, I don't know that I agree with that example as much as my financial example of uh, CEOs. No, but there's something about like if we got to step in and save the entire financial system because of a mistake that you just made, then it's two part. One is, are we making changes so that your mistakes aren't going to require another bailout? Like, are we going to actually acknowledge that there's a systemic problem here and not just to let the banks exist in a system where the second there's any hiccup, like they just get a bailout. That and systemic two, problem is part of the game. I know. That's I understand. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I understand that. But like, then I think you should have to step in and like, there should be a system where it's like one, if you get to bailout point, like you, you, we're clawing back your house. We're clawing. It's like, <laughs> if you want to play this game, by the way, I, I seem to hear an echo. Am I echoing a whole bunch or is it not too bad? Um, I'm I'm getting it fine. Yeah. Okay. Is it is it echo from your voice or mine? It seems to be mine. I I I must be getting just picked up in your headphones. It seems minimal. Oh. Hopefully, I uh, it I'll seems turn down like my mic. It, there there should be some variable that like it, it should be almost treated like securities fraud. The same way you get barred from working, it's like if you end up at the point where you're at bailout, that should be treated like securities fraud. Like you engaged yeah. in however it's treated where people lose their licenses, they're not allowed to do things because they engaged in securities fraud. I feel like if you bring your company to the point of bailout, then there should be some sort of like negligent treatment type thing and shame that comes with that. Do you know where they do that? Where? China. Japan? Yeah, I was about to say if, if, yeah. if you if you start a company and it goes bankrupt, your family leaves you, your wife leaves you in China. Yeah. Wild. It's really interesting. Yeah, dude. then that's what and it kind of makes, you know, yeah, it, it, you know, there's no further explanation. That's the culture, right? Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, and I, I couldn't agree more. And it comes down to, you know, greasy hands and like butt padding, right? Or like, it's because <laughs> the, the people that make those laws are the ones right. that get money from them, right? And so, it, yeah, and, and I, it's just so obvious now with the internet and people thinking more critically, what's going on? Um, and, and I think it just goes to a, a really good point. I heard I'll get Josh Brown on CNBC make about the Federal Reserve. And it's a great point about a surgeon. When a surgeon's doing a surgery in a hospital and he makes a mistake, they stop the bleeding, but then they tell the surgeon to go home and they call on someone else to finish the surgery. Not because the surgeon's bad or is incapable, but because of overcompensation. It's a human psychology. Uh, the, they send the oh. surgeon home and they get a new surgeon in. Whoever caused the problem, Jerome Powell, Janet Yellen, even if you're capable of solving it, it's good practice. It, it is the must practice that you need to get the fuck out and you get a new surgeon in there. Interesting. Because, yeah. No, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. All right. Um. So the big storylines that we've, I mean, we basically already covered them. I, I will issue a, a slight correction because it was funny. I really, when I was doing my my prep on the, uh, on the ECB situation, I thought I understood it. And then when I started describing it, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I get the mechanics. So I would just think, the bigger picture is just that like small, obvious changes should not be created. Like, for example, if you're a pension fund and you're creating very sophisticated and probably diversified portfolios, it should not lead to needing a bailout if there's changes in the interest rate. You're like thinking that, that they're doing it all up and up. No, I, I, fine. But then someone should actually be stepping in and going, there's frauds and there's fraud in this market. Because I'm just I, I'm just saying yeah. that if you're creating a, per, a retirement portfolio for people, which means that you're going to have them in the market, let's say, for 40 years right. to have a portfolio that if interest rates would go up, would require a bailout. That's retarded. That makes no sense that over a 40 year, especially if you're buying into bonds when the interest rates at what, one, two, zero percent. That literally makes no sense. You'd be forecasting that over the next 30 to 40 years, interest rates are not going up from zero. Right. I, I mean, I that, would... it just makes no sense. Like, how do you put yourself in a position where something that, that that's like, like the moon is going to change. There's going to be tides. It's like, how is it requiring a bailout when something as simple as just a change in the interest rate is eroding your portfolio? I think that's overall a great question, especially because um, the Fed is now signaling it. But like I told you, the Fed was buying mortgage-backed securities in March of this year. The Fed was the, that's a form of quantitative easing. So we right. were quantitative easing in this year, right? Like, like six months ago. Because so essentially, I, every time if they're buying all of the, but you see, this is like the half socialism once again. Yeah, yeah. If the Fed is going to buy up all the loans, then what they're what they're essentially doing is like we're going to trust you on the risk that you're actually like doing good homework about whether or not these people should be in yeah. homes. Right. We're going to let you capture a spread in all the commissions of initiating the deal. And then we're going to take the risk off your plate of that. You can just take all these, all these mortgages, package them together and we're going to buy it. Now, what kind of homework is the fed doing when they just go, yeah, we'll, we'll take all that risk off your plate. And then if it goes belly up, like the banks get to, you see what I'm saying? That's the half socialism. It's like, we might as well just have the Fed do your mortgage. It's like, why are we letting That's someone, yeah. why yeah. are we, no, but I'm saying it's like, 
we're creating artificial middlemen, right? Which I understand for that an it would, appearance. Yeah, yeah. It, I understand that. Like, uh, then at least there's some financial incentive in capitalism, and it would probably be worse right. if it was just being initiated from the Fed. Like, I, I actually, I, I understand that, but I'm almost saying from a fairness perspective, like the fact that a bank gets to middlemen the government's business yes. and let it being risk free. It's like, we, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, well, then we might as well just have socialism. Like, why do these people just get to middleman this? Uh, that's, that's so interesting. And I, I haven't thought that through at all. And I think it's such a brilliant point that, you know, what, what other, what other institutions are just kind of appearances or front men for the government, right? Is it the NIH, right? Is it academia? Like what, what other institutions are really just doing like kind of government business that like right. we, we, we think it's okay because they're, oh, they're free companies like Twitter. Ah, fuck you, dude. The FBI right. told them what to do, dude. Is that a free company or are they doing the government's business just like the banks are doing now? I think that's really interesting. All right. Um... I lose focus uh, on these topics. Oh, so uh, just I, one more, a yes. couple of things you brought up. So Deutsche Bank is also in the crossfires. You know why? They have a history of having derivatives that aren't on their fucking books. Okay. So literally they're doing backroom huge derivative deals that right. no one knows about. Right. Which change, <laughs> which probably changed uh, what I'm describing, which exists with like the stress tests right. that they, they in some capacity at least want to try and pretend that they're not letting the banks put too much risk on their plate that they could collapse so if you're doing things off book then you're gonna be i'm sure that's your riskiest propositions and then you're getting past like you know i i guess the 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 guardrails that might exist for making sure that a bank's not you know putting too much risk on its plate and and like lastly i guess like just kind of thinking of like where we kind of go from here and i think it's pretty obvious that like the 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 concrete foundation that literally everything's built on it has been these low interest rates right and and right. that's even like our pension funds let alone like any business you see that like like have you ever see an ice cream store that like never has people in it and you're like what the fuck how are you in business <laughs> right. right like i see tons of those stores even in california dude there's no way they can cover their costs so i just i'm i think you know I, shit um that they're going to have to tap out because the, the not only is kind of the world burning from energy prices and Putin, but the dollar is so strong. Like in 1985, uh, it was very similar. They had something called the Plaza Accord, which is where the dollar gained so much strength in such a little amount of time that Germany, Italy, and I believe Japan and the United States got together and they cut a deal to then lower the dollar. So they literally artificially lowered the dollar in the 1980s because it right. got so high after Volcker was raising interest rates. So right. I think, you know, so we we didn't see a plaza accord, but what the UK did by basically starting quantitative easing is the start of that. If the dollar keeps climbing here, it's going to be bad for stocks, bad for Bitcoin, bad for gold, bad for everyone, except except uh, us kind of here in the United States. We, we get hit a little bit less hard. But the point is, there's so much pain around the world. And even in the pension funds, in the housing market, that either the Fed is going to, with their like fiery eyes, fucking burn everything to the ground, or they're going to have to tap out again and then have less credibility. So that's why you want to get rid of the fucking surgeon, right? Because we're in a mess, right? And now we have a surgeon that already made a mistake and he's already sweating at the, while he's trying to finish the surgery. All right, Stephen, we went in deep. We covered some big topics. Uh before uh, before I let you go, second half of the episode coming up right now with Brian McWilliams from the Lions Liberty Podcast, uh, breaking down 
Well, we bullshit a little bit, and then we get into episode three of the uh, Hillary Clinton reality TV show. Um, other than that, I will have some more gigs coming up. Uh, thank you for everyone that came out for the Maryland one. That was a good time. And, uh, Stephen, you got anything else going on you want to plug? Chiropranking? Freezing your uh, cum? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still looking to start the uh, the sperm races. I, I like that idea a lot. No, we're going to do it. We're going to do <laughs> yeah. it. I like it. Yeah, so, yeah, just that and um... – yeah, just uh, surviving, watching from uh, watching from my little uh, ground zero. So yeah, hell yeah! All right, always a pleasure. Let me uh, let me stop this. Hell yeah! Later, man. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Hate Watch Party with Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty podcast. And oh, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I've got uh, you know I'm drinking this this Ocean Barrel uh, Jefferson whiskey. Oh, I've heard of it. It's yeah. good. It's pretty good. Although you know what's funny? I, I you know it's like the the time the season changes, and I drink whiskey in the summer, whiskey and vodka. But then come fall, I'm like, okay, it's time to switch to scotch. So okay. I'm basically finishing up my bourbon, but yeah, it's tasty. It's got a, it's got, it's you know, got a good smooth little kick, kick to it. Um, yeah, it's good, man. They had it at Costco, which is the only reason I buy it. That, that's where I buy everything: my clothes, my booze, <laughs> my prostitutes. Buy in bulk. That Hell way, yeah. if you murder one, you've got tons <laughs> left over. <laughs> they come with too, too many. Like everything at Costco, it's twenty percent right, yeah. more than you need. <laughs> There's always two that just won't get in the freezer. I'm like, damn it! Right, and so like the same way, you got to eat some of it right away so that you can actually store the rest. You just got to right. off the first two hookers so you have the right, right amount. Makes well, that's sense the, to me. <laughs> that's the Jeffrey Dahmer method, right? He's like, I got too much to fit in my freezer. I better eat the cock off this one. <laughs> Isn't it interesting <laughs> that the serial killer glasses have come back in style? Yeah, right. I, I, why not? It's it, who's to say? It's like Hitler's mustache. Okay, yeah, don't blame the mustache. Blame the man. You think that will ever make a comeback? Like how many more hundreds of years <laughs> before? I mean, Michael Jordan brought it back. He made a run with he it. He did. Yeah, dude, you're right. He did. What? When was that? Like when he was that on was the Wizards? The, no, it was the Alpha of Alpha moves where they booked him for some dumb fucking Hanes commercial, and I'm sure he didn't want to do it, and so he showed up with the fucking Hitler stash. Is this <laughs> is this like a confirmed conspiracy? Is is this like true fact that he literally did it? Like Prince trying to get out of a label and changing his I'm, name, but he I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just bullshitting <laughs> that it must have made the director must have had an amazing moment where he turned to someone else like. That's a Hitler stash, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. are we going to say anything? They're like, well, it is Michael Jordan. And like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jordan's a renowned gambler, too. He could have literally made a you know $3 million bet with Barkley that he lost and had oh. to wear a Hitler mustache on TV. Is it, yeah. There's that. Um, this is a putt on the golf course. I've heard of the Jeffersons because um, mm. it happens to be I, I'm a big fan of Rise in Rum. And also in like Caribbean cat, like I actually find yeah. the cast adds a lot and it sounds disgusting to me to have a cast. Cause I think it's actually like in the ocean. I think that's the way they do it, which it's, sounds uh, 
disgusting. It's not in the, to my perception, it's not in the ocean. It's not like they, uh, they have it underwater, but it's like, okay. they, they take the barrels out at sea and somehow the air and the salt and the whatever in the barrel okay. air, that's what I think infuses but it. This but I do have a funny story to share about the, uh, about barrel aged in the ocean. Maybe this is your story then that I'm thinking of. But someone had told me about that, that like one year is particularly good versus other years that I guess whatever the climate of because I've heard of this before that someone had said that like they picked it up and they're like, oh, you just have the wrong year. Oh, no, that that wasn't me. I was just thinking, you know, just as far as like shit that's been aged in the ocean, there was a pirate ship or like a, a trade ship that sank like 100 years ago and a bunch of assholes swam down, you know, in the ocean, and they're like, hey, there's these wine bottles that haven't been opened. This is 100-year-old pirate wine. Let's sell it and see if people want to buy it. And there's this big bidding war, and some jerk-off paid a million dollars for it. And then they opened the wine, right, took the cork out, and guess what it tasted like? Piss. Yes, pure, pure <laughs> fish piss. <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. It should have been sacrosanct. They're like, salt water still gets in through a cork after 100 years in the ocean. You, right. What do you guys think? What do you think? Is cork's magic? Like, give me uh, a breaker. So tonight I'm drinking, because, uh, by the way, I, I I took about a month off from drinking. Now I'm just, I'm back in full force. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, I'm a, what? When I go to the liquor store, I shop like I'm throwing a party because, like, I just get very <laughs> excited to be there. So I picked up a whole stash of rye. Tonight I'm drinking the uh, – and I feel like if I start doing this now, then we'll get a sponsor at some point. Yeah, Tonight, let's do it. I got the Wild Turkey Rare Breed Rye. Oh, I didn't, have, I didn't even know Wild Turkey made a rye. I saw it, and I, it, the Rare sold me. I saw Rare on there, and I was like, all right, and surprisingly delicious. I would I would put this up there. Like nice. I, I can make this a regular. It's very good. I think I gotta. I have to go grab uh, grab me a bottle of that then, because that does look delicious. And I like that rare on a liquor bottle is like underaged in uh you know in porn titles. You're like, well, yes. gotta click. I before they scrub this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I <laughs> I better watch it while it's available. <laughs> no, this um, is like uh, I I would say I don't have like a refined palate for this. I just drink it and know that. Some I like more than others, but I feel like yeah. this got a lot of vanilla on it. Vanilla. This I think I got. I don't even know. I, I people always have that like, oh, it's a sense of cinnamon and apple, and I'm like, right. I don't know. It tastes like whiskey. It tastes like good whiskey and bad whiskey. I can tell the difference, but I cannot for the life of me tell you the like what went into it. Um, but I will say I've been drinking since we've had the baby a lot more. Only because I usually would not drink you want out of your week. life. I get it. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, like, at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to have a drink because it's been like so frustrating dealing with this like screaming child. And uh, yes, yeah, so I've been drinking like a ton, not a ton, but more than I usually do. So Respect. All right. So let's uh, before I get into I, I got two random clips and then we'll start uh, playing uh, the third episode in series of uh, this Hillary Clinton reality show. Um, but first, any anything you came across you wanted to mention, and definitely plug whatever you got going on in the Lions of Liberty universe. Well, in the Lions of Liberty world, as you know, Mark Claire has made his exit officially. He's out. He's gone. 
So now you can find our, uh, our Lions of Liberty Network feed has John Odermatt's Finding Freedom on Mondays. Now I'm on Wednesdays, as usual, to stay and staying strong. Of course, this show, we're airing on Fridays here and there, and then John and I are also going to mix in when we don't have a show, our own little uh, ditty, which uh, I think is going to happen this week. So there's that. There's the Boring Podcast. And otherwise, uh, I don't know. Hopefully you can find me at, uh, at a bookseller near you signing my autobiography uh, titled... I have nothing to talk about. It's just a hundred pages of, of blank pages at a crayon set for you to fill in. You know, are you actually yourself. putting that out? Cause that's a, that's a good title. <laughs> it is a good title. No, I actually, I actually am working on a book for the libertarian world about, uh, you know, no, positive, a positive no. messaging, but I think that no, I, think I like this. Be <laughs> I, I have nothing to talk about. And then the, the subtitle, instead of like your name, it could be from a guy you don't care about. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and then you can just say, I'm an anonymous schmuck. Uh, and while we're doing plugs, before we get into it, let's plug uh, Forest Mommy just put out a great episode hey. of her podcast, Sunday Streams. And uh, Forest Mommy, I see in the comments, let everyone know what your new Twitter handle is because, uh, you know, she keeps getting up to 30,000 and then Twitter pulls her down, which sucks. Yeah, it does blow. I'll be on her show on the 16th, actually. Oh, hell uh, yeah. I'll be recording her. Yeah. Maybe I'll impose myself. Uh, it does sound like a good time. All right, so let's get into some uh, news stories here. Let me, I got to do a share screen here because I forgot to do that ahead of time. We'll do the share system audio, which I hopefully will. Whoa. Whoa. That's, some, that's some trippy <laughs> shit. I just shared the wrong stream. Let's redo that. Stop that. Let's go again. That's like those lights that uh, that people that slay pussy put in their bedrooms. That's like the, that's like yeah. the mirror in the mirror in the mirror. It goes on forever. That's what I'm talking about. And now that you mention that, I feel like my grandfather had that in his bedroom. Oh, no. You know, <laughs> you, you know your together. grandma was getting plowed hard. <laughs> He's like, Is it, you want to know, why, you know why, what puts the burn in Bernstein? Because you're about to find out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> She's so, like, I know you have herpes. I, I married you anyway. So let's start with, I. do you know Antonio Brown? I'm not, I don't really follow football all that much. Yeah, no, I, I am very well aware of Antonio. I know his saga of uh, being a crazy man. He is he is renowned for doing many horrible things. Farting in doctors' faces is one of them. Um, What's well, the context much as, on that one? I, dude, I don't know. Just that he's an asshole. He'd be like getting physicals and just fart in doctors' faces to be because he's an asshole. And then... He also uh, got in trouble for, like, not tipping people, like not tipping masseuses who then would accuse him of sexual misconduct. Um, he notoriously quit halfway through the last game he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Literally just took his pads off, threw them into the stands, and walked off the field with no shirt on. So that's the kind of guy you're dealing with. Were they losing the game? that. <laughs> What's that? All right, so let's let's start with, I mean... Clearly an incredible piece, but also a favorable blur because it leaves some to the imagination. So just yeah. uh, for, for anyone who's going to listen to this later with this, an article from New York Post doesn't give a ton of context. He's out in Dubai and I feel like, you know, Dubai should be a safe place to. Uh, well, let's first. <laughs> all right. So he whips his dick out just to give people the context. I feel like if kids aren't around and you have a nice dick, you should be allowed to pull it out. Is anyone really is their life being ruined like, I get it if you're, like, in a room and it's, like, rapey. Like, you know, I, I get why that would be threatening. But if it's out in public like this and you got an unbelievable wiener and you're going to let people see that you got an unbelievable wiener, I feel like you're doing a favor to the community. I feel I, I could get behind that, but only if it's still soft. Once, it's a, once it becomes a nice hard dick, then I'm like, okay, where is it firing? 
You know, is that is there something coming my way I need to be you know aware for? Do I have to matrix this and duck you know five different uh, streams that are going to shoot out here? And it looks in this picture, is he is he in a pool? Is he in like a a, a hot tub? Does so it, it, say? Look, it looks like he's in a pool. Uh, so and it looks like he's also. It looks like that's soft because that looks like he's like pulling up the whole length of it to be like, like he's yeah, stretching it's like, it out. yeah, it's like flagpole is style. He, you know he, what I mean? Is he like, playing it like a stand-up bass? He's I, like, I mean, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> I mean, you could put strings on that thing and play it. I, I mean. <laughs> oh, how great would that be if some guy just got, you know, like people get all sorts of dumbass uh, piercings and shit. If somebody did get some strings put on their cock and then whenever it got hard, they just pulled out a guitar pick and started going, but he made <laughs> like uh the what do they call it the prince albert into yeah yeah into springs the prince albert makes no sense firstly I don't know, it, it looks painful to get done and then it doesn't look like it would be enjoyable for a lady it looks like you're really just going hey sex feels good why don't i ruin this yeah i mean that's basically always the way i view sex so what yeah but i don't it, even, but i don't have to get piercings for it you just don't... I just that, oh just that I'll just ruin it you know it feels great so let me please ruin it by making some joke in the middle of sex with my wife you know okay that kind of thing but yeah the Prince Albert I also I, I I don't get it I had a buddy who had one and he did say that it made it feel better for him but I was like okay but how many times is it feeling better for you to do that versus the time that you had a uh, somebody spear your cock. How can to it feel better? That? What about uh, having a piece of metal in the tip of your dick and possibly make sex feel better? I have no fucking clue. And also, would it make your piss come out all crazy? And and then also, do you? I have mean, mine to, already I mean, goes in two directions. How many more directions do I want this going in? Right. You know, it's, just, it's just like like a sprinkler in the on a lawn. And I, I also wonder this, like, okay, now when you're jerking off, is it, do you have to be careful? You know, you have to, can you grip the shaft the same way? Or is it going to yank the thing out all the time? There's just questions on questions on questions. Also, how big do people go? Like, you think there's anyone with like a Christmas ornament? <laughs> like one of those classic red ones? Or if it redirects the piss, because, uh, you know, I, I, I curve because I jerked off too aggressively in my youth mm. and still. So I, I kind of curve. Can I get like a redirect? You know what I mean? Because yeah, like yeah, I already have- it out. Yeah, like I already have to stand in an angle, you know what I mean? But like maybe I can get like almost like a mini golf type course where it just yeah. redirects it. Yeah, it's like or it's like you know like they wait that they wait uh, bowling balls to make them pull to one yeah. side or the other side, yeah, just yeah, waiting yeah. your cock to the one side. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, what if you take the the piercing out, yeah. right? And you want it to heal up, but when you go to piss, when it's not healed, is there piss just shooting out the top and the bottom? Uh, these are these are tough. Uh... We're, we're going to have to find someone who's got one of these, bring him on the show. I think the most Inspired famous person minds. to have one is, uh, I believe, um, Tommy, uh, Tommy Lee from, uh, oh, uh, from the, he, oh yeah. Molly that guy who's in the sex one. tape. <laughs> yeah. I once saw him, I saw him in, a, I saw Molly crew in high school and I saw him whip it out in person and it's a marvelous penis. So this is why you're pro whipping cocks out in person, because, you know, this is uh, something of a fond memory from your past that Antonio Brown is now recreating for you in the present. I feel like if you got a giant hog, I'm curious, like, I'll take a look at it. I'll be like that. It's like a nice piece of art. I'm like, you know what I mean? The same way any other talent. I'm like, wow, good for you. That's a nice hog. I agree. And look, I would be obviously a hypocrite if I say I didn't enjoy it when women whip their knockers out and show uh, me. Yeah. I'm just saying, how threatening is it? Like, I, I get it, uh, if he starts charging at it, at you, like it's uh, uh, what, what's the the sport where they run with the when you're on a horse and you got the thing? Uh, 
horse riding? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, uh, uh, polo. No, I'm not thinking of polo. I'm thinking of like the ancient one where, <laughs> ancient, where you, you jousting. Like, you know, yes, jousting. <laughs> okay. All right. Like you ride, give you a lot to work with. The thing where you ride on a horse and yeah, the things with you. Uh, jousting. Cock I, jousting is something I would watch. Cock I jousting? I could get into 100%. that too. You load up two guys up with blue chew. And yep. they have to run straight at each other at an angle. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess whoever quits first or breaks their dick loses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or or it's like if you turn away, then the other guy just ends up in you. <laughs> you turn if you're gonna chicken out, you have to turn all the way around. Yeah, you gotta turn all the way around. <laughs> I think we're just describing uh a gay porn. This is this is how with this some is sort how... of a prison rapey angle. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm so amused at this. All right, so talking and Andy, about and Andy Dufresne only wanted to joust, yet found himself being raped in the shower. <laughs> uh all right. Talking about a guy who looks like he was chronically anal raped. Yeah. Uh, firstly, is, can we comment on this? Like everyone, I guess everyone's looking for a new balance on not looking like a slob, but not dressing formally. And this is an interesting look. The it's like the eighties comedian almost. Uh, yeah. um, so you got a lot going on here. Firstly, he, he's a hefty boy at this point. He, he looks like he's supposed to have a, a thinner frame, but you know, he's got a pop belly and uh we're talking i'm sorry i i keep forgetting that people listen to the show which is most of the audience right so we've got ted cruz here he's going out on a national tour we're going to play the video in a minute and he's got nice cowboy boots but a little bit too cowboyish for him uh he's got the jeans tucked in with a nice jacket what do you think of this look I mean, like you said, it's it is very much. I'm trying to connect with the Pete with the common man, but I also have to look somewhat put together. It's I don't know. I think it looks like shit personally. I, I'm not a fan of wearing blue jeans and a blazer together. I think it's just uh, I don't know. As you said, very much out of time. It's out of touch. It's out of time, as the song said, and harkens to the like 80s, 90s. Like I don't want to have women wear blossom hats and overalls ever again. Um, Unless they're, unless they're not wearing shirts underneath, then I'm fine with it. And I'd be fine with this look if Ted Cruz wasn't wearing his shirt, but he is. So <laughs> I have to stay uh, ideologically consistent. It's such a, like, I remember even Conan, like on the last season of his show, he switched from wearing suits to like, um, uh, I, I like going on a safari jacket. Like he would wear jeans oh. and like one of those weird, like almost, uh, almost like a stewardess. It's like, everyone's trying to find like a new spin on, I guess, ha by the way, I will say also business casual is the hardest look to pull off. Like I, if you just tell me I got to dress formal, I just wear a suit. Right. You tell me I can wear whatever I wear, whatever. It's like when you're trying to find that hybrid <laughs> where it gets the most difficult and most confusing. I, I find cocktail attire is the most difficult. Cause I, I do these. I, so I do public relations for my main career and I, you know, there'll be cocktail attire at these galas. You're like, okay, so it's, it's more than business casual, but less right. than full suit. And it's like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just cocktail attire. Like, what does that fucking mean? Right. What it's does like, it mean? At that point, you might as well just wear a suit and be done. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the default. I actually, my default is I'll wear the suit, but no tie. Okay. Then I'm like, I, I you know, I, I kind of hip blend in kind of thing. What's, but no uh, jeans. Where, what's your suit spot? Like, where do you pick up your suits? I, you know, I had game? one, I had one made for my wedding at this place called, uh, trunk club. You ever heard of trunk club? 
It was no. it was something where I got involved because I thought you just order. I thought like you give them your measurements and they send you shit to try on and you send it back. You know, because I don't want to go in and have human interaction right, with of people course. selling me crap. It's anno- it's annoying. It's horrible. So, but they're like, oh, well, come in. We'll do your measurements. And I go in and there's just the smoking hottest blonde chick that's Ooh. like, oh, I'm your personal shopper. And I was and like, that, right, And then you're like, the okay. wedding's off. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Measure that in scene. Talk me out of it. <laughs> but then this chick ended up marrying some fucking hockey player. Like, wow. uh, like she's like, you know, she's like, oh, I'm leaving. Some other chick's going to take over as your shopper. Uh, I got to go marry this mook from uh, like the Islanders or something. And I was like, like, I don't right. even need clothes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Trunk club. And then otherwise, I haven't gotten a suit in, in a while, man. Like All this shit was from trunk club I used to buy. What about you? Do you like, you know, three day suit broker or something? No, like that? you know, back in my synagogue days, I had a pretty deep wardrobe of suits because I of used to heavy wear... woolen suits that uh, <laughs> that all stunk. Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I feel like over the years, it was different places that I used to pick them up from. But like, it was great because if I ever had like a formal event, like I was stocked. I, I had I had ties. I had the whole wardrobe. I was ready for you know, I was being groomed to be a lawyer. Like I was ready for court. I had probably 20 suits, but last time I had to buy a suit, I think I just went online before a wedding and then I never returned stuff ever. So I think I bought two, like one of the jackets I ended up just donating because it was the wrong, I just didn't send it back. Um, and I think I have like one just gray suit that sits in my closet that doesn't quite fit right. It's just a little yeah. bit too, like I just have to snug in and kind of, <laughs> It's like a seatbelt, you know, <laughs> that's, you just that's... gotta, yeah. Just gotta I'm there suck with it you, up. man. Yeah. I'm there with you. And you know what sucks about the suits too, is that they're like, okay, what is it? So this is a nice suit for you. We're going to put a button halfway down the, the zipper uh, <laughs> right. that doesn't help anything. And then here's, what's going to hold in your now, you know, your, your expanding gut is a, a little metal clasp. Can you give me a button? You know, it's like, it's, it's ridiculous. This tiny piece of aluminum, which, you know, at any point in time could just bend and just, you know, right. spew your gut all over the guy. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's watch. Cause, uh, everyone's getting into the game now of, uh, create everyone. Everyone's an Instagram influencer. That's the world. Now it's not about policy, knowledge, anything. It's about being able to make television and make yourself likable. So here we've got Ted Cruz. Apparently he's going on a, a tour. He's got a bus, which by the way, trying to relate and being common, man, you know how expensive it is to put together a bus tour? Like, this oh, yeah. is this is some rock and roll shit. And don't you have actual work to get done? But anyways, here <laughs> well, he is. Well, no, because Nancy Pelosi said that nobody has to go in anymore, right? We're still, because oh. of COVID, they're still, they still you know, do shit remotely. All right, so here we go. We've got Ted Cruz on his bus tour. Let's give it a watch. So we're on the first day of our bus tour. Hold on, pause it. It's son of a bitch stealing my goddamn logo with a lion of liberty on the side of his bus. You know? I'm suing him. I'm suing Ted Cruz. That does that does look like that. Um, and let me lower the volume here a little bit. Here we go. All right. Back at it. All right. The Grand Valley. We're going to be crisscrossing the entire country. We'll be in 17 states, 25 stops. We're supporting Senate candidates. We're supporting House candidates all over the country there's no better way to start it than right here at Bucky's. at a grocery store by the way he's walking down his the wind is blowing his coat open in a very awkward way because he's got his hand in his pocket the coat's blowing open over his hand and just looks bizarre as if like he's a one-armed man that has no capability to actually 
keep his jacket down it's just, i don't know it's just odd it, it bugged the shit of me he, the first time i watched it it's bugging the shit of me now you're right he's got like uh like a pirate like walk here like he's yeah. like like he's walking the decks of his ship uh but he's got a very pinocchio like face it's like yeah, uh, pinocchio is a pirate now all right like, he's like severus snape from the harry potter movies that's yes like yes yes field. that's his vibe um all right so let's start with i can respect Hey, we're kickstarting a tour and I'm stopping at Bucky's. Politically, I like this. Bucky's is likable. It's also, I believe, out of Texas. So it's a Texas chain. You can go in there, you can do Texasy things and get yourself a cowboy hat. You can get yourself brisket. So right off the bat, whichever writers came up with this as opposed to the Hillary Clinton thing, I think he's off to a good start. I think this is fun. Hey, we're going on a road trip, so I'm gonna start uh, stop at Bucky's. No, yeah, fair enough. I I know what he's gonna pick up in the store though, so I'll wait for my uh, my okay. Because I, I yeah, that all right. Now let's just talk Bucky's for a second. I I had the uh, honor of stopping at a Bucky's once. I was excited because I've heard about him. I uh, what I've heard about them is being great for what? Well, the energy at the Bucky's was a little bit too much. It was overly packed. It, there was just like too much going on for me. I, I, the bathroom situation was unbelievable. I was like, I, I respect this. The fact that they had like legit barbecue going on there. I was like, I would like to take a vacation to a Bucky's. Like the next time I'm in an area by a Bucky's, I'd like to be able to go there is at it, 2 a.m. Is it just like a mega rest stop? Yes. Oh, you've never been to one. Okay. So no, I, I've is... never even seen a Bucky's. I saw, I'm confused. Like, I was like, I, I was trying to figure out first. I was like, is he just stopping at this thing? Then it looked like a grocery store. I was like, okay, he's got a grocery store. So, it, it, well, it's not a rest stop in that, like, it's an independently operated rest stop where it's, you know, and it's much better because usually you go to a, like a highway restaurant, a rest stop will have like, you know, your state bathrooms, your Sbarro, your McDonald's, your Burger King. And like, there's not a lot going on. Uh, this has an insane amount of gas tanks available. The bathroom is well kept where every stall is like completely private and there's always one available and it's clean. Uh, and then they have their own line of snacks. So whatever snacks are into, they've got everything, but then it almost has like a mall food court built in where like they had exotic beef jerkies. Like it's, it's, it's impressive. Just when I was there, it was a little bit chaotic. Hmm. All right, so let's give a watch to Ted Cruz. He's uh, scoping out a Bucky's. I got to say, as we're heading down to the valley, I'm excited because South Texas is turning red, and it is a shift that is transformational. All right. Straight to the beer, and he grabs Shinerbach, which, of course, is Texas, like Texas's most well-known beer. This is where I'm like... Rolling my eyes a little bit because it's very, it's got Elizabeth Warren, I drink beer vibes. Uh, it, there's so many. Pro- First, is there's a cut there as if he walked in, he said, All right, where's the shiner? And yeah. then he walked back to walk directly to the shiner. Now, also, you're a senator, you're not a frat kid. Even when when I do the drinking thing, I'm like, This isn't supposed to be cool anymore. This is alcoholism. Like, right. you're, this is the middle of the day, and you're going on a fucking work trip and, you, and you're picking up beers. You're not a frat kid. And then also, like, you're firstly, I think to me, Lone Star, I, I, in my head, I see Lone Star as more of like the quintessential Texas beer, but I understand the Shiner. I get that. Yeah, Shiner's for me, like, Shiner's I, national, though. Like, Lone Star, I, don't, I haven't gotten in LA. You could get Shiner in LA. 
So I think maybe that's maybe that's what you say is crisscrossing the country. So he's like, people will recognize Shinerbach for uh, the name. And also they say Shinerbach goes well with barbecue. Maybe that's fine. Ooh, okay. Maybe there's a barbecue visit coming up in the future. I actually, uh, I like Lone, Lone Star to me. It's like a slightly sweeter Bud Ry- Budweiser. It's got no, like uh, that um, sounds disgusting. <laughs> no, it, it, it's got like a Budweiser thing. But there's for some reason, there's a little like a, a like a tinge of sweet. I, I don't know. It's like a candy version of Budweiser. It's not bad. It I, like I like I can get behind uh, Lone Star Shiner's just like I don't know. It's just like a basic lager. There's nothing to it's, it. It's like the Arbor Mist. Yeah. Do you remember Arbor Mist when you were younger? That was like a Sprite, right? Oh, dude. It was like, uh, no, it's a uh, I think it was called Arbor Mist. Hold on. Oh, wait, let me look it up. It was like a champagne, but it was a sweet champagne. That had like raspberry. No, it's not like tangibly sweet. It's not like you know what I mean. It's not. I'm overselling. No, no, I know. I'm just, I was gonna make a joke about it being like what you want to give to like you know a, a high school girl to drink because you're like, no, no, it's kind of a uh, okay. sweet bud, and she's right. like, a sweet bud, okay. <laughs> uh, but yes, it, it, this seems very contrived. Of oh, uh, like wait, what do humans drink, and what's our yeah. Texas beer, and where? Okay. And then it's just uh, it also annoys the Shui. He's just kind of like walking with his crew, looking around. He's like, "Who rec- who who recognizes Ted Cruz?" Like it's literally what's going through his head. Hey, guy! It's so weird to be a center on a work trip and being like, "I'm just gonna pick up beers for the road." And yeah, then- <laughs> it's it's fucking bizarre. Well, anytime it's going, in, you're going in with the camera crew, and he's like, "I'll buy it myself." You know, it's right. just like have a gopher go buy it for you. Just show you drinking it on the bus. And they're not gonna card him. <laughs> what is a beaver nugget? I don't even. I'd know. respect it. Oh god, I don't know. I'd respect it if you just walked up and ripped the mask off the guy that's at the cashier next to him. That's the Ted Cruz uh, video I want to say. All right. Take so that, that shit off your face. This is Texas. All right. So Ted Cruz is throwing himself into the ring for trying to behave like he's a human being. And obviously when it comes to attempting to be a human being, I mean, no one's failing but putting in more work than Hillary Clinton. Oh, uh, and before uh, before we do that, because uh, here we'll take a couple comments. First is... We have Forrest Mommy uh, inviting me uh, to come and FM Universe 84. So there's good information. There you go. Uh, St. Michael, glad I'm not the only one that bugged. Uh, B, if you're carrying with the suit, you don't button your coat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good tips from, and now I know who B is. What's up, B? Checking us out live. Libertarian <laughs> podcast review. Wait for hey. when he asks for a porn and some tampons. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's when the cameras turn off. You can't do that while the cameras are on. All right, so we're going to press play on this. We're currently live on YouTube, so I think in the next minute or two, I'm probably going to pull down those streams. And if you're interested in following the live stream, I think the easiest place to find this is if you just go over to Twitter, Robbie the Fire, uh, we're there, and this will stay up for 24 hours. And then we're also streaming on Odyssey. You got Lions Liberty up on Odyssey? You know what we do? Uh, we also just uh, sign up for Rumble. We got on Rumble. Uh, I got to. I have to like set it up to populate, but I put my like, one video up on there. I mean, nice. if Russell Brand's on there, if it's good enough for Russell Brand, it's good enough for me. <laughs> that's why you know. Do you ever that's, watch? That, that's why I end up having sex with that pop star. Uh, what's her face? Uh, do you ever watch Russell Brand stuff? I've watched like clips. I don't. I never watched that many long form video casts. Like just, right. I, don't know, I just don't. But I, I've seen like a, like some clips of it. I think it's pretty decent. His topics seem very on point, and actually, B is always telling me that uh, I have to watch it. Um, but uh, there's something I actually liked him a lot as a comedic actor. There's mm-hmm. something about like when people 
fail out of Hollywood and then they enter into our turf. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> eh, fuck off. <laughs> well, during COVID, that happened all too often. Yeah. All right. Let's give it a watch. Let's see what's going to be going on in uh, episode three of Gutsy. And by the way, people in the chat, if you want to tell us how we're doing on levels, because uh, we do just kind of talk over it. Milk. Yeah. Yeah. Just black, please. Thank you. Lots of milk. Yeah. What? Hillary Clinton is never. Did she just say just black and then say lots of milk? Those are two different things. The two different coffee orders, Hillary. You forgot. Don't forget your coffee. That's your coffee, right? Here you go. Thank you, baby. That would be great if the same guy that punched Rick Moranis in the face just ran up and <laughs> decked Hillary Clinton. <laughs> He's like, I had to make up for punching Rick Moranis. You know, someone told that lady, can you go yeah, walk you up to Hillary and say, are you Hillary Clinton? Like, there oh, isn't sure. a massive amount of security around them. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's literally Secret Service walking in front of her. How did, it's like, uh, where, where is the Secret Service right now? Is there a sniper in the bush? Because you know they're around. I think, no, they must be right off screen. Yeah. Oh, look at this. A beautiful day. A beautiful winter's day in the city. They're trying to have a tiny bit. I can't hear what they're saying. All right. There we go. Is this, oh my God, is this going to be about female LARPers? One of the reasons why I just fight so hard. So excited about this moment. Who, that's the lady from Law and Order, I think, right? Yeah. She is not aged well. She used to be a hottie. Oh, now she, she looks like uh, Bruce Jenner. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like she, they get these chicks get like the injections, the fillers, and then the fillers just kind of like make them puffy, like Stella, like they look like Sylvester Stallone on HGH. All right. So they're why going to a bookstore. Why should we I, the what judges? I was gonna say, I, I I just want to see what are the odds that they go up and Hillary Clinton points at her stupid ass book, whining about losing the election. I feel like they clone Chelsea to make Hillary look relatively more normal. Yeah, they're like uh, they use the CRISPR. They're like, all right, give her give her a weird fucking mouth, make her make her cheeks to twice as big as her head should be. Why wouldn't have Chelsea have gotten some of Bill's likability? She just seemed to get Hillary's awkwardness. Well, you know, Bill wasn't home a lot. He was out getting laid. <laughs> this would be so annoying. Oh, oh it's a storytelling I can't instructor. be around my girl because I thought girl's hot. And uh, I, I, it's getting weird. I'm going to go back out. Mariska Hargitay. That's her thing. Look at her. Look at her struggling to talk without uh, written words for her in a script. And now I know... <laughs> <laughs> that was a sentence that took 20 seconds to say and was five words long. I mean, she went to the Kamal Harris School of Communication. <laughs> the, they, always, they always have to show Hillary Clinton laughing. I know. The fake laugh for a good 30 seconds. So trying to showcase how fun and funny she is, which she is not. <laughs> no, she ain't. Suit. Ooh, look yeah, at her back in the day. Came in. They had a All right. So so trim, so fit. So we finished the meeting. We finished the visit. I go back to, you know, the White House and somebody has taken a picture up my skirt. And what billboards. This and is uh, her so this is her story in Brazil for why she wears pantsuits. Oh, and somebody made a billboard of Hillary Clinton's 
uh, panties, yeah, and saying, hey, don't wear granny panties. Okay, hold on. And then I was going to run for office, and I thought, I don't need that. Actually, you know what the slogan was, was, forget how this looks. You wouldn't believe how it smelled. <laughs> it was actually a cologne commercial for women's vaginas. That's that is that's what it was. Genius. Strong, determined person. Who has to go out and solve crime? Oh my God! I'm, I'm oh, just they're in love. They're in love the with the character. They're in love with it because there's no very interesting, unexpected. Um, oh my God! I I'm just I'm looking at this Brazilian upskirt thing of Hillary Clinton. That's so fucking funny, man. Being told every day on television, in their living room, made this thing visible. Visible, this thing that had been traditionally. Did she get implants? Her tits are huge. Survivors. I yeah, it looks like she was pretty. Are you talking about Hillary or Mariska? Yes. Uh, no, the 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 law and order lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just. I'm guessing implants. I hear the most. I wish you were the detective on my case. That is. I wish you were the detective on my case. These are people that uh, are very stupid. I wish a TV detective was the detective on my case. You mean to to bust the criminal, or they wanted to get busted by her? I think they just wanted to be busted by her, cuffed, and then let whatever happen. Sorry, my dog, I'm trying to get the dog out from behind me. Chloe, get out of the room. Justice. I love that. Sorry. All right, so we're one scene in. I, I don't know I don't know what happened thus far. I mean, we weren't really listening, but. True. There's not much point. Okay, so now is she going to go to talk to uh, Kim Kardashian? Is this so? This is all about women in Law and Order. I'm guessing, right? Since it's the chick from oh. Law and Order, oh, so it, now she's going to talk about, to some. It's about women pretending that they're lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> women. That's the message to girls. You can pretend to be whatever you want to be. Right. We have costumes for everything, but just don't try to do it in real life. So this is women seeking justice. All right. So this is going to be like, are they going to have the uh, the guy come in with the big rape suit? Like, you know, those guys, the giant, the giant foam head and the giant crotch pad. I have not seen this. No. Oh, it's it's like, does the rape was, suit guy ever win? It was, no, I don't think he does. Give him give him one. Let him get okay. one in. Is a workshop program with self-esteem, self-awareness. Um, the problem with shit like this is that you, sometimes you actually convince someone that they know how to fight and it doesn't go well. Dude, that's my concern with all these movies where they have like female action stars. Like this one joke I was messing around with. It was like, you know, I just wish they'd stop making these movies because, you know, I'm really concerned my daughter's just going to get that sh- living shit beat out of her by like five, <laughs> right. you know, Russian terrorists one day. Like, you're, you're not Batman, girl. You, I'm sorry. You can't take one man down, let alone five. Um, we had this... actors at my junior high school because oh, Chelsea, you were there. Ch- hard times in, in yeah. Chelsea Clinton's junior high school. Chelsea, weren't you? Well, number one is in D.C. where the schools are terrible, but I guarantee it was a private school. There's no way the Clinton kids they were go there to the public because school. she was there, and so right. Secret Service probably mandated it. Yeah, exactly right. Other people. Can somebody tell these women they don't have to sit in the middle of the gym on mats when there's bleachers (laughs) literally surrounding them? (laughs) Girls, I know your self-esteem's bad, but we're not allowed to use the bleachers. We're going to have to sit on the floor again. (laughs) They told us, no women on the bleachers. Our our vaginal juices make them rust. 
um, conversation. Are we not giving this a chance, or have we just not missed anything thus far? And I was also pregnant at the time. I, I don't know. I went inside and put the youngest daughter in her bed. And when I came out the room, he pointed a gun at me and told me that this is the day you're going to die, bitch. Yeah, that's at least he got to the point, you know? <laughs> True. Oh, he shot her. I came out of the coma. The first Damn. Thing was she recovered well from a coma. She's still cute. You must not have shot her in the head. The doctor explained to me my baby did not live. Um, oh. He lived two hours. Well, now I can't make fun of this and anymore. So this segment, I mean. My story. You know, Marshall, one of the things I've always really respected, you know, are treating people who have survived. Now back to the actress that has not ever gone through anything. To them as survivors and not victims. Yes. Right. So that they are not defined by no. the choices that someone made to take something from them. Exactly. <laughs> I love that move, too. When somebody's telling you something. Be yeah, just. Uh, we want to mm, be respected. We want yeah. to be when somebody gets part of their body stolen, they want the same thing. Exactly. And that's what our vision for. They could for just call this show have. Hillary Nods. Your survival. Yeah. Survival. Hillary Nods off. That's what I like to see. Just start falling asleep <laughs> in the middle of these conversations. <laughs> just fed her more danishes. <laughs> Who's the better actress here? I think I think Hillary Clinton might be. She's she's selling it better than uh, than Hargitay is. Look at that intense nod and stare. Well, that asshole actually thinks that she's profound, so she's not selling anything. She really thinks this is wisdom coming out of her mouth. Yeah. Even me to be able to say it. But now I go, that thing that happened to me doesn't define me. Right. If anything, look at me now. I'd rather look at you 20 years ago. I mean, perfectly honest. Together and listens to somebody tell this true personal story from their life, something that means something. So is this an episode about rape? It's just a transformative experience. You think it'd be hotter? I think it's got to get in there. Yeah, <laughs> just show the scene with Jodie Foster a few yeah, times. Yeah, you think the producers, if they're going to do a whole episode about? Oh, I forgot. We're still on YouTube. I gotta, I gotta take this down. Oh boy. Uh oh. <laughs> I already have strikes on all my channels. Oh, dude, that's why. Maybe I can just appeal and be like, "I'm sorry, guys. I got hammered and I was having fun. I forgot to take down the stream. I'll have to delete that later. Wait, let me pull." And I had this beautiful trip planned i got invited with a bunch of my artist friends to caravan on motorcycles i actually think we were thoroughly talking over everything so it might i don't know i don't know the way this works yeah i don't know if they could detect it underneath is she gonna reenact the rape didn't she get raped is that what we're talking about? i mean hillary's getting into the story so she must be Something yeah. violent must be happening. Cause... She's like, she's like, I, he's like, oh, I, I think I can get whoever raped you off. By the way, <laughs> I have a good record in that. Thirty seconds. One of the cars that was with us, uh, looking at her cell phone, and hit my motorcycle. Okay, so this doesn't sound like a rape to me. This sounds like a, I got hit by a car. Maybe this is Caitlin talking about how she won the Olympics. <laughs> And then I landed on the ground and realized that I was alive and that I didn't carry the karma of the past and uh, my life began. What a boring story. End scene.
I don't know. Who cares? You got hit. Somebody hit your your motorcycle and you lived. Who fucking cares? All right. If we don't see someone get raped soon, I'm calling it a day. This is intense patty cake. These chicks are training in self-esteem and they're just literally open hand slapping pads in the air. <laughs> How does that help anything? I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't be able to live a normal life. But I had a this chick really bones me out. And I know. It's like, I feel bad. Yeah, she got shot a bunch of times, lost her kid. Just fast yeah. forward through this part. Yeah, I'm just trying to make fun of some Clintons and this chick's Come really on. bringing down the mood. Exactly. You know? Jeez, girl. And you can be a all right, let's see when they get uh, Kardashian on. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Who's that yeah. chick? Who's this heavy chick? Is that Monique? Did she lose weight? <laughs> Clemency now. It's like a Maybe fat this squirrel. Is... What, are they, what are they making? Oh, gosh, yeah. But growing up in rural East Texas, I can't figure out what they're making. That's got to be a place for uh, like kids' tits to try and mold them in the right way for Bill. Hey, hey, Hillary! You know, I found it as I get a little older, my tastes are changing. Can you go down to the Woodblock store and get me some new titties? I learned about the 1980s. Firming up, got to firm up the titties. They're kind of sagging. Oh, maybe they're making Nancy Reagan uh, titties. We will see large numbers of poor people and That's the most Jewish looking black man I've ever seen. <laughs> he was a reverend, but he looked like a rabbi had fallen into like a vat of soy sauce, like how the Joker got made. And it causes disproportionate amount of black and brown people to be in prison for drugs. My mom was in prison. She had an addiction to crack cocaine and my mother needed rehabilitation. I probably talked to Biden about that, right? <laughs> Hillary's like, she's nodding. Oh, man. Wait, 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 hold uh, on. Yeah, remember the Clinton's three hold... strike bill? She's like, mm, I was a big fan of that, by the way. Hold on, hard pause. You saw the last lady, and now you see her mom. This daughter better get herself some crack. Crack works with <sighs> these genetics. I mean, that's smoking. a good-looking lady right there. Damn, man. Yeah. Get her out of jail and put her back on crack. This is like, <laughs> if I ever get married. Better take some crack, bitch. Crack, the beauty maker. Yeah, that is that is the best looking crackhead I've ever seen in my entire it's, life. It's like meth. This is probably the before crack picture. There's probably going to be one coming pretty soon oh. with four teeth, you know, one arm. So I had to sell my kidney. That's coming. <laughs> I don't know. That skinny, perfect teeth. That is perfect. Gorgeous. Literally. Cut the other I remember visiting is that her mom now? She's <laughs> much younger than her. Yeah. <laughs> no, no hostages. Beyond this, Kate. Who has a hostage sees that sign and goes, all right, I guess I got to gotta <laughs> stay here. I got to. <laughs> yeah. It's like the gun-free zones. Like, oh, oh, well, I was going to. You know what? Yeah, it's they like got, they got a sign. <laughs> yeah. It was like, the, you know, that pissed me off, like baby on board signs pissed me off. Because I'm like, well, I was, you know, I was going to ram into your car at 90 <laughs> miles an hour, but not now. One person goes to prison, the entire family is incarcerated. And then I know that from firsthand experience. And so Girls Embracing Mothers was born. With Jim, we really want to prevent a future generation of girls from entering the system. But also So is Hillary exploring survive. the victims of the policies she had? That's, I mean, with this, I'm legitimately wondering, I, they would have cut it out, but if any of this would be brought up, like legitimately like Hillary could go like, I'm sorry for the three strike rule, you know, that my, my fucking husband put in. It'll never happen though. 
All right, let's jump. Okay, to the here's Kardashian. Kardashian. Hard to call it an episode. All right. They're hugging because she's like, "We learned through you that if you do reality TV, you can uplift your brand, and maybe you have some pointers for us on the porn video that we should be making." <laughs> Chelsea Clinton getting turned out. I'm in on that all the way. Also, Kim Kardashian, I heard, like, took her tits out and stuff. Like, didn't she? Because Skinny's back in. I heard she, like, got, like, uh, like took out her implants. Because that's, like, not the style anymore to have these big fat titties anymore. I haven't heard that. I mean, I prefer Skinny's more my jam. So, I was oh, never. Oh, you would be on the same page there. I, I've never been a big Kim, Car- Kim K fan. Yeah, it's not, it's not my They drink a lot of coffee this episode. This is all coffee. Get, I want to see them go to a bar and get fucked out of their minds. Can we talk? Can they go talk to some gutsy beer distillers or uh, <laughs> liquor distillers? I actually did. Imagine Kim Kardashian. And look, I admire this about Kim Kardashian that she got, you know, getting people out of jail. I admire that she has become so successful and so respected having started her career fucking a dude on camera. And think about all the women she's inspired to like do the OnlyFans thing of like yeah you can you can get to the top. She's like Kim, we want to have you on Gutsy because in that porn video it looked like the guy had a pretty long dick and he was pounding your guts. <laughs> you are Gutsy. When one is being faced with deadly force themselves, or one believes that deadly force is imminent, distinguish extortion slash blackmail. And robbery. Are they playing Family Feud for criminal justice reform? You know, robbery is usually a physical crime, whereas extortion and blackmail don't require that. Okay, another point, Pima. Oh, because Hillary knows how to do these crimes. She would be the expert. <laughs> She's oh, like, you hear? When I call people in third world countries and threaten them, <laughs> dude, did you hear that the uh, the FBI has been ordered to release the information from Seth Rich's laptop from a. Uh, Freedom of Information Act request. So we're going to find out what Seth Rich had. What? You got to tell me. I don't even know the details on this. So Seth Rich is the one that they think is the guy who actually leaked the info about Hillary Clinton from the DNC. They said it was a hack. And then Seth Rich turns up dead, shot in the back in a robbery where nothing was taken off of him. Right. And just coincidentally, though, you know, he had worked for the Clintons, worked for the DNC and all this shit. And now they had fought to, like, keep his information private as on his laptop. And now the judge had said, no, you can't. You got to release it since the FBI's got it in custody. So I'm very curious to see what comes out yeah, about. I, the problem, I used to get really excited for these things. And Dave told me, like, it just always seems to disappear. So it it just like, it's, it's tough to get, I mean, like the Durham investigation has just ended. Nothing came of it. Yeah. Um, I mean the Epstein files, that's the craziest one that the FBI just lost the safe. Yeah. They just, they claim to have just lost the safe. So it's like, it's easy to get excited about these things, but like nothing ever comes of it. Dude. I hope Geraldo or Geraldo has an episode in 10 years where they're like, Epstein safe, just like what, you, what was the safe that he opened on that show that had nothing in it? It was like uh, some mafia boss safe. It'd be a fun to do like a treasure hunters, like Discovery Channel type spoof, but for the uh, Epstein safe, dude, totally, totally finding Epstein. Jason Stapleton was on some show where they were tracking down like Tesla's lost papers, or the Tesla files. It was called. We could get him out the Epstein files. He's got the time. <laughs> 
But oh, I was going to say the reason I I have a little bit more excitement about this one is it's just it's not like a probe into Rich. It's just some dude, right? That got it. You know, so like this some dude doesn't give a shit. He'll probably turn up dead. All right, let's watch Chelsea's performance and then we'll skim to the end and right. see what else we got going on here. So, uh, what do you think Chelsea's uh, dramatic reading is going to be about? I'm going to guess, once again, it's going to be something innocuous that happened in her past. and she, It's going to be something like, well, you know, I, I slipped on a banana peel and fell down. And uh, then I realized that, I, that my father being president didn't define me. That's what it's going to be, essentially. All right, let's give it a watch. To be treated like everyone else, but also secretly maybe to be Mrs. Mitchell's favorite. There was a period of time, though, where my homework started to disappear. Now, I had a pretty good track record of handing in my homework because, again, I really wanted to be Mrs. Mitchell's favorite. So Mrs. Mitchell one day hid in the class during recess, and she saw the little boy taking my homework out of my desk, erasing my name, writing his name on it, and then handing it in as his own. Oh. And the little boy was suspended from recess. All right, fast forward a couple of weeks. The same little boy finds me during, like, you know, free choice, free play time. And he said, you know, Chelsea, you seem to really like Mrs. Mitchell. I said, I love Mrs. Mitchell. He said, do you know what the best compliment you can give someone is? And I said, no. Oh, yes. And he said, fuck you. <laughs> so I walked up to Mrs. Mitchell and I said, Mrs. Mitchell, fuck you. <laughs> what a great little kid. And she looked horrified and I started to cry because I knew that something had gone very wrong, but I didn't really know what had gone very wrong. And in the Little Rock Unified School District, there was still mandatory corporal punishment. I was still sobbing and I had to put my hands against the hallway wall while Mrs. Mitchell paddled me and I thought my life was over. I love that her parents put her in a school. Really big. Where, and this is what, in is the in 90s? Chelsea Clinton's younger than me. That had corporal punishment still. That's who the Clintons were. Wait, wait, I want to hear her. Right. Fine with with her being beaten in school. I want to hear uh, what she, what the parents' response were in this story. By the way, I thought this was a bullshit story until the creepy paddling came in. Like mm -hmm. I thought writers literally wrote this little cutesy story until it turned dark and creepy. And you're like, oh yeah, this bitch was probably paddled all the time. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's hear what the response from mom and dad were. Uh, you, usually we only do that at night. <laughs> I didn't realize you could just do that in school. I would become a teacher. <laughs> I make sure I'll go into your next parent-teacher conference. I'll take your paddlings from now on, Chelsea. I didn't realize they were still paddling kids. It's pretty hey, Chelsea, hot. If you, had, if you had to describe your teacher's tits, would you say they're melons or basketballs? <laughs> or would you say would you say they're lumpy or are they pretty much matching each other? I, I want to reenact this with your mom later. <laughs> Chelsea, don't sit on don't sit on Dad's lap uh, when you're telling me about getting paddled at school. <laughs> it, it might, it's just you know, give, give Dad a minute. <laughs> she paddled me. Right. She gave me a really big hug, and she told me tomorrow is a new day. And when I got home, my parents look at how look at how happy Hillary seems to be that her child got paddled. Oh yeah, she's like it made her into a stronger woman. All right, now we're gonna pull us back again. My life was over. Then after she paddled me. She gave me a really big hug, and she told me tomorrow is a new day. And when I got home, my parents taught me how to use a dictionary. <laughs> so again, they were totally fine with her being beaten in school. That's Apparently. The they are totally fine. I guarantee they knew about it going in. There's no school that has a mandatory corporal punishment policy yeah. that the parents are not very well aware of. I mean, you're picking that school because of the policy, I guess. Right? 
Yeah, what I mean, what's the differentiating factor? Probably the beatings. You ever get paddled as a kid? No, I uh, I got spanked and I got slapped a couple times. Not not very often, I'll say, but I got once in a while, once in a while smacked. I got my mouth washed out with soap once. Wow, Life I, Boy, what kind what? of soap? And I'm I remember, like... <laughs> I I remember like going into it. I just thought it, like I was really talking back, and I thought it was funny. And then there was a moment where it turned real, and you're like, oh, this this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> how, long did you have to, how long did you have to keep it in was it like just like a, a real quick no, like mouth it, fucking, was, or it was it was, little, on it? it was a little much it was a little much like <laughs> it was it was unpleasant it seemed it seemed real funny that i aggravated my mom all the way until up until the second where it turned real and you're like in your little kid brain you're like oh this just turned real this yeah. this is not pleasant <laughs> on me and become who we are Okay, so this is where the bodies the, of the Clinton's victims are. <laughs> we finally made it. To... Put it. They put it right into the documentary. <laughs> All right, I think I've had enough of episode three. Let's see, yeah. their, let's see their nice conclusion at the end. It, they're hugging uh, Native Americans. This is going to be about, uh, yeah, probably like you know, Native Americans drinking and drug use and stuff like that. And, uh, on tribal lands, something about that. The good things, it's our belief we bring the world back into balance again. So it's a beautiful thing, but it's also a, a huge responsibility to ourselves, to our existence, and to the world. I like that the Clintons didn't even make the trip to this island. Where are they? <laughs> These chicks, they're like, they're like, well, like I'm not going out yeah, there. Yeah, we're not going to go hang out with Indians. Yeah. <laughs> are we taking their land? No, then fuck it. I'm not going out there. <laughs> She's like, we already get, uh, we've already uh, changed our approach. Now Bill and I are just focused on uh, raping Haiti for all of, its, all of its worth. Do you know that it's like, one of the Clinton family members has like rights to all the gold mines in Haiti or something like that. I never heard that. That sounds like a wild one. Dude, I'm telling you. You're wrong. You two share a competitive streak. There's no favoritism here. Yeah, role of Hillary Clinton's brother in Haiti gold mine raises eyebrows. That's from the Washington Post. All right. Well, since the show itself never seems to come to a conclusion and just never. meanders through storylines that make you feel weird guilty it's like you yourself was molested i feel like that's what they're going for is that they want a confused guilty feeling for having watched this so that you can uh oh whoops i'm sorry i removed the wrong thing <laughs> from the stream so that you you can feel as awkward as they do i think that's what they do it's like a day in the life you know what i mean it's like yeah. they feel shame and guilt and weird sensations so they bring you through this weird journey so that you can experience a little bit of that I don't think the Clintons do feel any of those emotions. I think they <laughs> want you to think they feel those emotions, okay. which is why they do. Because look, as we said, nothing they ever say is real. like Chelsea Clinton's story about saying fuck. Like Mariska Hargitay was like, "Oh, I almost died." I still like I poo pooed it because who gives a shit? But okay, I almost died. These other chicks are like, "I survived being shot five times and my baby dying." And then Chelsea Clinton's like, "I said fuck you and got paddled." And Hillary Clinton was like, "And I watched." You know, like but there's no. They never tell a story about like anything they went through that was like really bad. You know, really like, overcoming. They never. I've never seen them one time have somebody tell them something and have them give an anecdotal response of like, I understand and empathize because I went through it. It's all just like they're spectators still. Isn't it amazing that this show is supposed to, I guess, showcase 
Hillary Clinton, she says and does so little throughout the entire, it's like, yeah. it's almost like the producer's trying to limit how much you see of her as much as possible. Smart producing, man. Yeah, that there you smart go. smart producing. That's the best like, you can do to showcase Hillary Clinton is not show her. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like, a, it's a, like the Joe Biden winning uh, election strategy. Keep totally. Him in the Keep him in the basement. It's like, it's like a transsexual man trying to, to get laid with a straight man. Show him as little as possible until the last minute. There you go. That's how you do. That's how you get laid. I, you know what? I feel like that's as good of a closing line as any. Uh, everybody, uh, thank you for hanging out for episode three of the Hate Watch Party. Uh, throughout the week, if you come across things that you'd like for us to break down on the next Hate Watch, you can email me at robsnewsroom at gmail.com or you can uh, tweet at me, uh, Robbie the Fire. Uh, Mr. Brian, what do you got to plug? Uh, same old shit, man. Listen to the Lions of Liberty. Listen to the Mean Age Daydream. Uh, I'm trying to build up my YouTube for Mean Age Daydream because much like you, we are shadow banned to all hell on our Lions of Liberty network page. So I'm trying to build up alternatives that we can do shit on. So yeah, yeah, just follow me at Brian McWilliams on Twitter. And uh, yeah, man, good times as always. All right. Let me uh... hit a button. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep.